Hey, good morning. It's good to see you. Worship, that was pretty fun, wasn't it? It's always good when God shows up. You got to love that. Well, there's a, a lot going on, and I just hope you're all well and just uh, doing good. Um, I get to do one special announcement. Every, um, just about every year, um, we at the beginning of the year always do some, uh, just pray and say, God, what do you want to do this year? As many of you do in your families. And for whatever reason, you know, we have always wanted to just bring in a special speaker at the beginning part of the year, someone that we uh, know, that we trust, that we believe that is praying for this church body and has a, um, just a message um, to share. And so I'm pretty excited um, about this year. We get to um, next week have a, a special guest with us. And as I was praying about it this year, usually God, you know, will put some people um, that aren't around here. And I really felt like God said, no, I want you to ask one of your heroes to speak. And, and so I'm so excited. So be here next week for sure. Be here every week because you don't want to miss what God's doing. But I am just uh, so excited. Next week, you're not going to want to miss. As, um, I believe God is going to use um, this man to just bring a word to this church to encourage you. And so we're just excited to have um, Pastor Dave Easterly with us next week. And if you don't know, Pastor Dave pastored this church for like 24 years and uh, he's just been a hero of the faith and just an amazing man. And so I just, uh, when, I, when I asked him, you know, he actually said, I feel like I have a word for the body. And I said, well, that's good because I feel like you need to have a word for our body. <laughs> so we're pretty excited about that. So be here next week. Um, it's just going to be great. I guarantee it. No pressure, Pastor Dave. Just n not too much pressure. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Well, I get to bring the word, and I'm just so excited for where we're at in our series of pursuit. Um, I think it's day 15 of our 21-day fast, and uh, it's just so fun to be intentional about trying to hear God's voice. And here's the cool thing about God. He's faithful, isn't he? And I hope that you've been encouraged in these next uh, few weeks. Well, I was, uh, it's been an interesting week in the, in the Garland home. My wife has, uh, she hasn't missed a day of work in like 15 years because she never gets sick. And she got sick this week, and so she got to miss like three days of work. I'm like, woman, you got to get back to work. You know, I'm, I'm kidding. I didn't say that. I thought that, but no, I didn't. <laughs> I might have thought it, right? But she, uh, she's not feeling well. And so what do you do when you're not feeling well? You watch a lot of movies, right? And uh, one thing about me is I, I'm not really... A movie guy. Like, I think it might have to do, I don't like to sit still. So when I watch a movie, um, how many of you would say you are like movie people? Like, m movies are your thing. There's no shame. That's all right. My wife is a movie person. She loves to take our kids to the movies. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'd rather go to the dentist or something like that. But, um, <laughs> And one of the reasons I probably don't like the movies is, I don't know what it is, but it's like a movie goes on and it's nap time. And in fact, growing up, it was actually got to the point where it was kind of embarrassing because we would watch movies as friends and I would try really hard to like drink coffee and energy drinks and I don't know what it is, but I can make it like through the opening credits <laughs> and then I can w wake up for the last two minutes. 
And, uh, and anymore, it gets to the point where I start to fall asleep, and you try really hard because you know people are watching you because it's just what you do. You fall asleep during movies. And so I'm like, oh, okay. I can feel my eyes getting heavy, and I'm like, okay, fight it, fight it. And then I can, fail, I can tell that I just fell asleep for like 40 seconds, and I wake up and I nod, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a great scene. I'm like, you're not fooling anybody. Um, but this week... Um, and I don't want to burst your bubble, and I'm really sorry. I feel bad even admitting this. You know, this is why I should probably just keep some of these comments to myself. Um, I'm not a big movie guy, but I really am so excited for what God's doing in our nation. And I so appreciate the Christian movie world that is doing their best to break that culture. Amen? I, I am grateful. I am, like, praying for the next creatives that would bring glory to God's kingdom through entertainment. I don't go see a lot of the big Christian movies. Number one, I don't go see movies. But number two, there is something about them. Whenever you start to um, recommend a movie and it's a Christian movie, everyone always says, hey, I want to tell you about this movie. It's a Christian movie. And they equate Christian movies with a little bit of the cheese factor. Right? It's like, hey, it's only got like three cheesy moments. But it, the message is really good. And so I, my family was watching a Christian movie. And, I, you know, I love the message, but I'm kind of thinking like, oh, boy. You know, here, here we go again. And it was this movie um, about a young man named John Smith. The movie is called Breakthrough. Has anyone seen Breakthrough? All right. So it's about, it's a great, it's, I watched Breakthrough this week. I had a breakthrough, and I didn't fall asleep. Praise God. Um, it's about a, a real story of a young man named John Smith who lived in, like, uh, Minneapolis. And he, when he was 14 years old, he fell through the ice in a lake. And he was underwater for 15 minutes, and they pronounced him dead for, like, 45 minutes. Um, he was there with his buddies. And, again, I, I missed a part of the movie. I'm not sure why. I might have been asleep. But I just remember the middle, which was good. And the end, so it's this real story about how he was pronounced dead, and he had, he was a Christian, and he was actually adopted, and um, the whole story is about how the whole community and the whole nation, um, in fact, I remember praying for this young man. Does anyone else remember praying for this young man like five, six years ago? Yeah, I, I remember praying for this man. That's like, it was a miracle is what they said. Well, he fell through the ice, and there was people in his community, his mom, his pastor, uh, the community of faith at his school, and they just felt like God wasn't done with this young man yet. And so they began to believe for a miracle. And, and the, it's, a, it's a great story. Um, and the miracle that they were praying for happened. And this young man is now like 19, 20 years old, wants to be a coach and wants to be a pastor. And he has, um, from what, what I could tell, he is living a very normal life. Um, he is not living a life uh, from someone that spent 15 minutes underwater dead. He is living a fully functioned life. And it is so fun uh, to hear those stories, isn't it? It is so fun to celebrate and believe in God for more of those types of stories. But the greatest thing about the, that movie is it wasn't just the miracle, but it was about what happened when the people of God rallied together, right? And they began to pray. And it was like this movement happened in their hearts. Um, I think one of the reasons we like those types of stories is because they have a good ending, right? They have a happy ending. They have something that says, man, 
We prayed, God did it, and he, he showed up. You know, there was a pretty awkward part in the movie, um, just really awkward, where it's like, have you ever been in a situation where it's so uncomfortable, you just want to crawl underneath a rock, right? Well, watching this movie, like, you had this moment where literally I was, like, cringing, looking at my wife going, oh, this is really bad. This actually happened? Um, and it was like the, the story happened the, the kid was in the hospital for a long time. He came back to school, and like the first day back, there's always that person, right? Don't be that person, right? Just don't do it. But the, it was one of his teachers, and she calls him up after class or something. She says, hey, I'm glad you're here. It's like, well, what are you supposed to say? Like, I'm glad you're not here, I, you know? She goes, hey, I'm really glad you're here, but... I'm really curious, why did God choose to spare your life, but my husband died two years ago from cancer, right? And you're kind of thinking, like, lady, like, take some social cues for a minute, like, and don't, don't say that. But, but I think we, we look at stories like that, and then we look at that lady, and we all, I think, have been in situations where we have those moments where we, we say, man, I prayed the same prayer of faith, but I didn't get the results that I was hoping for. Anyone ever been there before? Yeah, yeah me too. You know, and I, I think a lot of times when we talk about great faith, you know, we, agree, we equate in our minds great faith with great results, right? Like, they're probably not going to make a movie about a boy that was underwater for 15 minutes and, and didn't make it, right? They, they just wouldn't do that. Um, there's enough, you know, we don't, we don't need to watch a movie about that. We want to watch a movie about, that has the happy ending. Um, but I think we all have those times where we prayed hard, we believed hard, we did everything that we know how to do, and at the, the end of the day, it just, it just didn't work out the way we had planned. Um, and those are real moments, right? And we got to work ourselves through those things. Um, and in this movie, at the very end, you know, everyone's thinking like the same thing. And the kid goes, a lot of people have asked me, why do I think God spared my life? And I was like waiting for the answer where you're like, you know what? He's going to give me the answer and I'm going to be able to preach on it on Sunday, right? You're just like, he's going to, this is, I'm, I'm wondering the same thing. And he goes, I don't know why, but I'm grateful. God is real and God's got a plan for me is pretty much what he says. And you're thinking, yeah. So here we are in a, as a church in 21 days of a pursuit, right? We're two-thirds of the way there, right? Your fast is almost over. You can smell the bacon. Um, and I pray that in these 15 days and over the next seven days, a total of 21 days, I pray that you've seen breakthrough in your life. Yeah, I do. I, I'm believing for breakthrough in my life. I pray that you've seen relationships that need to be restored, restored. I pray over the last over us that you saw eyes open. Right? I pray financial that bring you right as you are faithful. I pray salvation that you would be one that bring people to Christ. And I believe that God wants to do those things. But here's the bottom line. Some of you this morning may still be sick. Some of you this morning may still be broke. <laughs> Hello. Right? Some of you this morning may still have relationships in your life that are a mess. Right? Am, I, am I preaching it this morning or am I making sense or is it just me? Right? We go through these 21 days and we believe God for these great miracles, but the reality is, man, sometimes after a day of fasting, guess what? 
I'm really hungry. <laughs> All I feel like I got today is more hungry and lost a pound. Okay, I, what do we do with that? Right? We're still broke. We still see people that don't know Jesus. And we're thinking in our minds, did I not pray hard enough? We're thinking, did, do I have sin in my life and that's why God didn't answer me? Well, yeah, examine your life, but don't equate that with why God seems to be not answering your prayers. Right, so here's the point. The point is, yes, we're believing for all those things. How many of you are believing for miracles in 2020 over your life? Amen? I'm believing for big ones for us and for this church. Um, But here's what I pray over these 21 days. Number one, I pray that you have a hunger, a passion, and a burden for God and the things of his kingdom like you never have had before. Regardless of whether you see the financial breakthrough, whether you see the miracle that you're believing for, I hope you get that, but I pray that there is a hunger for God's kingdom, like just how you wake up every morning and stumble yourself to the coffee maker, I pray for that type of dependence when it comes to the things of God. Right? I pray that over this body. I pray that over my family. Number two, over these 21 days, I pray that there is a realization of my own and your own lack of hunger where you become dissatisfied with your current pursuit of God. Right? That's one of the things I've realized in these last 15 days is, man, I thought I was a lot more hungry for God than I actually am. I thought I was doing a lot better than I actually am doing. I thought I was pretty good at hearing God's voice. I pray that you realize your own need for God in this time. And number three, I pray this, that you realize that a pursuit of God is a lifelong pursuit and not a 21-day event. Because when we're talking about pursuing God, it does the only end in sight is when you will be with Jesus in heaven. (laughs) There is no end. Yes, there is times of... of, um, intense pursuit that God says, I want you to do this or I want you to do that. But it's, it's a lifelong journey. So I pray those things over you uh, today. The title of my message is Victories of Faith. Victory of Faith. And I find it very interesting just how the, this morning is gone and, and the topic's been around faith. Um, you know, back to the movie Breakthrough, you know, a lot of times we equate great faith with great results. Right? We see people that walk in miracles, and we say, what do we say? We say, oh, they're great people of faith. They must really be people of faith because people are just like getting touched all over the place. And that's true. And the Bible says that signs and wonders will follow those who believe. But the true victory of faith is this, is that we believed that we trusted, that we sought God like never before to see him be exalted in our lives. Okay, Great faith is always not a reflection of great miracles and great results. Hebrews 11 is the, the faith chapter of the Bible where it honors, and I hope it someday that I would be one honored as Justin was one who had great faith. And if you read Hebrews 11, and I'm just going to read a few passages this morning and make some comments, but in Hebrews 11, starting with verse 8, it says this. It says, By faith Abraham, uh, when called to go to a place that he later would receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and he went. 
even though he did not know where he was going. You ever been there before? God, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going. Nine, by faith he made his home in a land that, he, that was promised to him like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in a tent, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect builder is God. Listen, that is my desire. My desire is that I would be looking for a place whose foundation is invested and whose foundation is built on God's kingdom. Verse 11, and by faith, even Sarah, his wife, who was past the age of childbearing, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this man, as he was good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, as countless as the sand in the seashore. 13, all of these people were still, do you see the key, living by faith when they died. They did not, you're thinking, man, we were just all pumped up. They did not receive the things they promised, were promised. They only saw them from a distance and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they'd left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Pretty much he's saying they went for God's kingdom and they didn't look back. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And if you continue to read that chapter, you will see more things like people who saw miracles, people who saw blind eyes open, prayed the same types of prayers as those who were killed for their faith. Who? What do you mean? A lot of people, when you talk about faith, they say, well, what is the evidence of great faith? Right? Miracles, signs wonders, all of those things. But here's the deal. If you chalk great evidence of faith up to miracles and signs and wonders, then we need to rewrite this whole chapter in the Bible of Hebrews 11. Because it says they did not see what they prayed for. They died for what they prayed for. Hello. No thanks. So if we chalk up the evidence of our faith is seeing results and prayers answered alone, then we need to rename some heroes in the Bible. The evidence of great faith is still found in those who prayed, who pursued God, did not stop, died without seeing the results and the evidence of what they prayed for. You know, we talk about victory a lot in church. We should talk about victory a lot in church because we serve a God of victory, amen? And we have been given a victorious life. Um, but victory of our faith is not only found in the outcome, but in the belief, okay? Victory of our faith is not only found in the outcome, but in the belief or the process of faith. One of my pet peeves in the flesh is youth sports, I love youth sports. I have four sons. 
I sat by a parent yesterday who was just so proud of the kids and wanted to give them all a hug afterwards and a trophy. And I'm thinking, trophies are for winners. <laughs> you don't get a trophy just for showing up. I'll give you a high five. But true victory of our faith is found in just showing up and participating in a life of faith. Okay, so I am wrong when I, if I use my youth sports analogy with Jesus because there's been times in my life where I don't feel like I have the word of the Lord. But guess what? You show up. Guess what? You serve. Guess what? You encourage. You love. You hug because that's what faith does. Just for showing up, and when I say showing up, I mean participating and believing in a life of faith. Just for stepping out, you will win. Last week, we talked about blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10. You can find it. And, and I, I didn't get to the end of my, my story last week, um, but blind, he was waiting for Jesus. And you can find this in Mark chapter 10. And... Uh, Jesus came and he started crying out, Jesus, you know, he says, Jesus, Messiah, son of David, have mercy on me. And in verse 48, it says, many rebuked him. They told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. In verse 49, it says, Jesus stopped and he says, call him to me. So they called the blind man, cheer up on your feet. Jesus is calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. And if you follow the, the dialogue, Jesus says, Blind Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And he says, he says well, I want to see Jesus. And so as we're talking about the victories of faith today, I think it's important that we get a taste and we, we get very familiar with the characteristics of what it takes to have victorious faith in our life. Because faith is not some Hail Mary that might work every once in a while. Okay, that's not faith. That's called like, you know, luck. <laughs> that's called like time and chance. Okay, but faith, there's a language of faith. Okay, and looking at the story of blind Bartimaeus, that's the first thing I want to talk about is that there is a language of faith. And okay, what is the language of faith? Have you ever been in a situation where there's other people that speak a different language than you? Listen, I did get my hair cut by someone other than my wife a few weeks ago, and there was me and then three um, Asian ladies, and I, they were all laughing and talking, and I'm, I'm about ready to stand up and say, I know I'm balding! Stop laughing at me. Well, why did I get insecure? Well, number one, because I am. Number two, because I couldn't understand what they were saying, and I was the only one in there, and they were laughing. So I'm going, but there is a language of faith, and here's the thing about faith. We have a language that we've lived for the, our whole lives. We've learned how to speak a certain language, right? The language that we've learned is through our experience, through our habits, through the things that we've been disappointed by. But listen, the language of faith and the language that we know are often very different. The language that we know is to worry, to doubt, self-help, mind, and willpower. Come on, have you ever been told, well, just try harder, do better? 
Anyone ever been told that? Well, listen, that is not the language of faith. Yeah, you need to try, and effort is a good thing. But if our prayers and thoughts are filled with, what can I do different? Why me? How can I change the situation? Then guess what's going to happen? You're only going to get human results, and you're not going to get God results. Right? So here we've got blind Bartimaeus. And if you read his dialogue, he says, Jesus, Messiah. Listen, there was a language that he was praying that knew who he was praying to. Right? He wasn't praying to just another prophet. He was praying to the king of kings. So when we pray and when we say we want to live a a life of faith, do we really know who we're praying to? Do we make our problems the object of the prayer, or do we make our God the object of our prayer? So when Bartimaeus is calling on the Messiah, he's saying, I know you can do it. So the question to us today is, do you really believe that God is the God of the impossible and can truly do all things in your life? Romans 4 goes on. And it says this, and it's talking about Abraham. And it says, I have made you a father of many nations. In the sight of him who he believed, that is, God who gives life to the dead and calls into being the things that do not exist. Listen, the language of faith is calling out to a God that can do the impossible. Number two, there is an image of faith. Okay, the image of faith. Listen, faith has an image. And and don't confuse it with me telling you, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. That's laws, that's rules. Don't Don't buy into all that. But there is an image of faith because my faith should change the way I think about this world. Okay, my faith should change the way I view situations and circumstances. And a lot of times when it comes to faith, it is opposite, the image of faith is opposite than our own image or self-image. Okay, but back to blind Bartimaeus. He was crying out to God. They told him to be quiet, and what did he do? He got louder. Now listen, I am not wanting to confuse you and say, hey, just do things that are going to embarrass yourself, and that's what moves God's heart. No. Okay? That's not the point. But the point is, there was a resistance, and there was something that was trying to hinder the image of his faith and the level of his faith, and in order for him to get his miracle, he had to push through those types of things. So there are those times where we've got to allow our faith to go beyond our self-image of pride and self-preservation to live the life of faith that God has for us. You know, thinking about this and, okay, how do I have the image of faith? And, I, and I, again, I think it really boils down to, do I really believe what Jeremiah 29, 11 says and Matthew 7 says, where it says things like, I've got, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. And then it goes on, it says, you will call on me, you will pray to me, I will listen to you, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Do you really believe that God rewards those who seek him? Do you really believe that Matthew 7 says, if you keep knocking, guess what? The door's gonna open. Do 
you really believe that. Because if you're confident in God's system of seeking him, then it's not going to matter what you look like when you seek him. Right? You are going to do those things because there is an image of faith. Number three, I want to talk about the destination of faith for a minute. And listen, the destination of the faith, I wish it was, people, but it's not always the answered prayers that we're praying for. I know that sounds kind of like a downer, like this is a faithful message, this is an uplifting message. Listen, a lot of times the evidence of my faith might not be the answers that I'm praying for. But there is a destination that faith has for us, right? The Bible says that we're supposed to have growing faith, right? That means that the level of faith that I have today is hopefully not the same level of faith that I have in a year, right? The idea is that we grow in our faith. So are we growing? So where, where is the destination of faith in? Because I just said it's not always the answers. I wish it was. Well, the, the, the destination of faith is the place where we leave our own limitations, our own doubts, our own self-reliance to a place where we utterly and solely depend on God and his grace to do the work in our lives. Where the destination of faith is where you get your eyes off yourself and you realize how good, how big, and how amazing your God is. That's the first place that God wants to take you. The second place is this, and this is hard. The second destination of faith is faith leaves behind the bondage that is currently hindering you. Okay, so that's the destination. You've got to leave behind what's hindering you. We look at blind Bartimaeus. Well, what was his bondage? Right, can see, right? He was blind. Hello, it's in his name. Duh. But his, his bondage was his eyes, right? The Bible talks about um, he had a mat, right? And the mat represents a lot of things in his life, right? People who were sick in the Bible were given mats, right? It was kind of their domain. It was like uh, the culture's way, number one, of identifying a sick person, right? If they've got a mat, right, like stay away from the guy with the mat because it's probably got like, you know, creepy crawler things on it. And it's like, but that was the sign of his bondage. It's what identified him to others of his condition. Um, it was his place to sleep. It was his place to sit on. He couldn't infect anything else. And so the Bible says that when he saw Jesus, they, they called him over and he, it says specifically that he left his mat, right? Well, I think that's a representation of him leaving this bondage, right? And, and I think about it a lot of times and if I'm being really honest with myself and, and, and if we're honest this morning, I think we realize a lot of times we get really comfortable with our bondage, right? Because then what would we talk about to others, right? If I didn't have this ailment in my life, then, then what do I talk about? If I didn't have this pain in my life, if God all of a sudden healed that pain, what would I talk to people about? I don't know. Hopefully the goodness of God, right? So, so there's this whole image, right? In order for him to get to a new place, he had to take a step of faith before he got the healing, and he had to leave his crutch. He had to leave what was behind him. You know, so the questions this morning is, have you put limits on yourself on why or why not God can use you? Come on, think about it. Blind Bartimaeus, well, God, you can't use me. I can't even see. Well, why not? 
But have you put limits on yourself, caps of why God can't use you? And number two, are there names, word curses spoken over you, and that's your ceiling? Right? Because blind Bartimaeus was known for being blind. That's what his identity was. And I think a lot of times that people speak things over us that we allow to define us and identify us. And the reality this morning is God wants to allow you to leave those places to go to new places in his kingdom. Worship team, would you come up here? The last thing I want to talk about this morning is the action of faith. Because there is a time, and this is going to sound really, really bad, I promise you, you only can pray about having more faith for so long. Right? And you're like, you're a pastor, you're supposed to pray. Yeah, I know. But I know people that are still praying for faith year after year after year, and God says, would you just start walking in the faith that you have? So a message like this, and when, when we're talking about victory of faith, and I'm saying, hey, it's not always the results, right? It's not always the miracle. The miracle is that you walked in faith. The miracle is that you didn't walk in your flesh. Because here's what I know about faith. It causes you to be and to act different. Okay, there's an action of faith. Would you stand up with me this morning? I really felt two things today with this message. You know, how, how do you do that? How do you be someone that walks in the action of faith? And you guys can just play. Number one, are you clear and are you determined and are you committed in your life to the things that you're praying for? Or could I or the enemy, the devil, talk you out of those things? Come on, are you convinced and are you committed for the things that you are praying for? We started out this series talking about until, right? You remember that? We all have our untils. I will pray until. Are you committed with the things that you're believing for in your life to pray those things regardless of if you see the miracle or not? Because the issue is faith. So that's the first thing. The second thing is this, and this is, this is like gut check time for me. Are you willing to invest your passion, your time, your effort, your energy, your resources into something that you may never see the fruit of in your lifetime? Right? Can I invest, and when I'm call, talking about investment, I'm not talking financial necessarily, like you know, stocks and bonds. I'm saying kingdom investment. Are you willing to put your energy into something that you might not see the results of in your lifetime? Meaning the things that I'm doing today, even if I never saw them happen in my lifetime, am I still willing to make that investment? Believing that in 20 years, in 10 years, in 50 years, my grandsons or your grandsons or your granddaughters might walk in those things as a result of what we do today. 
Am I willing to invest my passion, my time, and effort into something I may die believing for and never see? Because that's faith. Do I want to see those things? Baby, yeah, right? Yes. But even if I don't, will I still live the life of faith? Come on, let's pray this morning. And if, and if you're honest this morning, you're like, no, I'm not willing. Okay. Can our prayer be, but God, I want to be? Because there's times if I look in my own natural eyes and the progress of my life or the progress of my kids or the progress of my ministry and I'm going, man, this is a lot different than I thought it was going to be. Do I allow that to discourage me or do I allow that to light some fuel for my fire? So even if you're saying, hey, I, no, I'm not willing, can your prayer be, God, make me willing? So I want to pray for, for those two things today. For determination for the things that you're praying for in your life that you won't quit. And number two, that even knowing you might not see the fruits of your labor, would you still believe for those things? So Father God, we do come to you this morning in all of our weaknesses and all of our flesh and all of our doubts and insecurities and questions of, about faith and God, I thank you for the miracles that you've done that we've seen, for the blind eyes that you've opened, for the dead that you've raised, for the marriages that you've restored. And Father, I, I know you reward faith. But Father, I pray this morning as we talk about pursuit, Father, that we would still be able to walk in the same level of faith even if we don't see the results in our life, in our marriages, in our family. Father, I pray, God, that there would just be a commitment in us that would pray those committed prayers that we wouldn't stop. God, I thank you for the promises that you've given people. Promises for health, promises uh, for financial stability, promises for salvation to their family. God, I thank you for those things. And God, I just pray determination over our hearts today that we would continue to believe for those things. And number two, Father, I ask that you would open our eyes that you would change the way we think about the things that we do for your kingdom. Father, and I know that this church, and even today, that we are believing for things, big things in your kingdom. And God, I pray that we would see some of those things. But God, I just declare, even if we don't see the fullness of those things, Father, we will give our lives and we will walk with the same level of faith that you've called us to believe for. Come on, can we sing this morning?